listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. You're listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. yourself to the latest rocks news you're listening to the launchpad podcast presented by apollo media all houston all original i'm your host lashar binkley of course you can find me on twitter at h time for life 40 all caps and you can always find my articles on the dream shake uh, which is part of uh, sports nation so make sure you check that out um on today's show we are doing our very first video podcast as you can see here i'm joined by two very special guests but before we kick it off i'm gonna let them introduce themselves so tony why don't you i'll I'll let you go ahead and kick us off here all right my handle is at coltrane underscore tnt uh you can find me on twitter i'm a full-time troll part-time basketball (laughs) analyst and uh uh, y'all can just holler at me on twitter all right. Um, I don't know how to follow that one, but I'm Dell. You can find me at Twitter Dell. Um, listen, if you troll me, I'm not gonna block you. I'm not gonna mute you. I'm I'm just gonna ignore you. So don't don't let don't let Tony be an invitation to just fire back at all of us. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I take a little bit of trolling because I troll out myself. But if it goes too far, you know, I have no problem with the uh, mute button. I won't block you because then that just helps you out. Um, so mm-hmm. on today's episode, we're going to be breaking down, of course, the last actually a couple of games, especially yesterday's game where the Rockets lost to the Sacramento Kings um, after having a a great win against the San Antonio Spurs in the last second where Kevin Ford Jr. scored 12 points in the fourth quarter. But we're going to be talking about a little bit of both games in this first segment. In the second segment, um, I wanted to discuss um, – actually, it's more of a game. We're going to be – I'm going to be asking the fellas um, what's more likely to happen in certain scenarios. Um, so I think that will be a little bit of fun. And in the last segment, we're going to be talking about more about the future – immediate future of the Rockets where we're coming up on the trade deadline here in a couple of weeks. So I want to get the fellas opinions on that. But first, of course, I want to start off with last night's game. Um, actually, we'll start with you, Tony. I want to get your opinion on last night's game where the Rockets started off great in the first quarter, scored 40 points, and then kind of went downhill after that, especially after Christian Wood got in foul trouble. So what was your overall opinion of last night lost to, uh, to Sacramento? Uh, my overall opinion is um, – if there is a such thing as a good loss, I guess that would that would be a game that could be defined as a good loss. Um, I thought they played really well, especially on offense. Um, they didn't give up, even though they got down in the fourth um, and they got down uh, in the second half. Um, Wood was, I mean, in the first quarter, man, hey, this guy was hooping. I mean, he was hooping, hooping. And uh, the only thing that stopped him was foul trouble because it, it looked like he was just trying to give Bagley everything. Um, I thought it was I thought it was a good game. I mean, if we could see that out of the team uh, going forward consistently, I think they'll win uh, a lot, a lot of games. Yeah. Well, what about you, Dale? Um, Last night's game was – interesting to me because i think you know a lot of the complaints that i heard about the game um were about rotations and things like that um and i just think that it's gonna take them a while to figure out what these lineups look like again because this team hasn't been together for what two three weeks now like it, it seems like somebody's been out at least for each game for the past two weeks. So I th- I think what I enjoyed seeing last night was even though the guys with Shingun's return, like it didn't seem like the offense um, properly remembered what he brings and it got all out of sorts. 
But one thing I did really enjoy was that even though, you know, he wasn't getting his passes off and everything like that, he was showing a lot more like uh, fundamentally sound abilities, like sustainable things. And I think that's probably been a benefit of his rehab process with his ankle injury. Um, he had to kind of like slow down and slowly work himself back up to basketball shape. So, Man. yeah, I, I'm trying to just see how these young guys develop. I like that Jalen Green kept taking shots, like, even if he's missing them. It's happened with pretty much every rookie this season. Like they have a little spell where they're not hitting anything and then they can go off. So, you know, Cade Cunningham is a great example of that because he's he's killing it right now. Yeah. Um, so I think I think stuff like that is is what I'm taking away from it more so than like what the final score of the game was. Yeah. And that's important that we I know all of us try to get across to Rockets fans is this year ain't a, isn't about wins and losses. Mm-hmm. I mean, because at the end of the day, if if you don't have Jalen Green developing, if you don't have Aperin Shingoon and Josh Christopher develop, it's not really going to matter too much about wins and losses because it all kind of goes together. If they develop, you're going to start seeing these wins next year and the year after that. This year is all about just building them up. And and you also pointed out, Dale, about Aperin Shingoon. It seems like they kind of forgot how to play around him. And Silas mentioned that, like, they weren't moving nearly as much as they used to when he was on court. So it's almost mm-hmm. like they – Oh, he is back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it isn't Daniel Tice out there throwing us the ball so we can move around. So I mean, it just takes time. I mean, like you said, they they've been out in and out of the lineup. You had KPJ out, then you had Jalen out, then you have Aperin Shingoon out. And so mm-hmm. just kind of just they're trying to get used to that again. And Tony, mm-hmm. you mentioned Christian Wood was kind of going off in that first quarter. And I saw again some people were complaining about, well, you shouldn't have took him out so long. And you know. Let him file out if he. I, I, I never understood the let him file out if he want to file out thing. I, I don't get that at all. Yeah, that's but, crazy. But what was your opinion? What was your opinion on that? As far as they kept him out pretty much the rest of the first half or most of the first half, would you have brought him back a little earlier, or were you you find them taking him out with three fouls in the first quarter? No, I mean <clears throat> uh, three three fouls in the first quarter. I mean you you kind of really have to keep him out until at least the third quarter. Because, I mean, you even if you brought him back at the end, let's say towards the end of the second quarter, he could still pick up a cheap one and then get half four before the half. So I think that was smart by by Silas. I mean, because this is one of those situations where uh, you can say, all right, so your number one score is out. What are the rest of y'all going to do? You know what I mean? So that's actually a good – uh, building a teachable moment, you know what I mean, where where you have your guy and he's hot, he gets in foul trouble, and now you have to depend on everybody else. So, I mean, that was good experience for everybody. So I think he did the right thing by keeping him out um, until the at least mid-third, late fourth. Um, so I think that was the right move. Yeah, and Dale, what, what about you? I mean, like I said, he had three fouls in the first mm-hmm. quarter and kind of seemed like it took him out of his rhythm till like yeah. late in that fourth quarter. So, I mean, at that point, what else could coach Alice do? I mean, <laughs> would you have brought him back a little bit earlier? Or I mean, like Tony said, just kept him out really for the rest of the half. Yeah. Um, I personally, I would have put him back in with maybe uh, two, three minutes left in the second, just for the sake of getting him, um, back on the floor and giving him yeah. the opportunity to get some of his momentum back while Marvin Bagley wasn't already heated up. I feel like um, the Kings came out inspired in the second half. And when you have Christian Wood, who's been sitting for a whole quarter, his confidence probably isn't as high as it was when he was getting those shots down. And when Christian Wood loses confidence, like that's when he's easiest to attack. So that's kind of what they got to happen. So I probably would have brought him back a little bit earlier, but I don't really have much of a problem with it. I mean, like, I guess it's it's a preference thing, but I get why he didn't play in the second. Like, I just would have done it for the sake of, okay, we need to get him back out there to keep his confidence up. But De'Aaron Fox, when you when he sees a big that has three fouls, he's gonna attack them. So, yeah. you know, you gotta pick your poison on that. 
Yeah, and it kind of seemed like he also just always has his extra motivation when he plays the Rockets just because of the whole Houston mm-hmm. thing, it seems. And also, yeah. it also seems like every time a Sacramento center plays the Rockets, they pretty much just light him up. I mean, Rashawn Holmes, the same <laughs> thing. And it's the same yeah. funky-looking push shot from, like, 10 feet away. I don't know what it is with yep. King's centers. It's just weird. But mm-hmm. um, another thing uh, you had mentioned, Dale, was about Jalen Green and the fact that, you know, he is – continuing to shoot even though he's missing but i do like the fact that he is getting to the basket a lot more than he used to at the beginning of the year um do you see that as something that can be sustainable that eventually help him because again like you said i mean the missing shots you know nobody really cares about that i mean look at steph curry he's been struggling for most of the year i mean even great shooters can miss shots but are you encouraged Mm -hmm. about him getting to the basket more on the free throw line yeah, yeah. I think it it really shows that he's looking to have as many dimensions in his game as possible. Because he also took like a couple of mid-range shots last night. Uh, I was impressed by one of them going in. Yeah. I I think it's great that he's already trying to diversify his game like this early into his career. Because um, I watched Anthony Edwards a lot last season and he would shoot all the time from everywhere doing everything he would drive he would dunk on people and now you see him this year and the wolves are using him like he's you know an impact player in his second year in the league and that's true that's the trajectory that i see jalen green going on if he keeps doing what he's doing now because the fact that he does keep shooting means people are going to close out on him means he has his opportunity to to drive so yeah, I I love seeing um, everything that he's doing, even if the shots aren't falling right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he took um, 18 shots last night, which is fine. I mean, mm-hmm. he's only 5 for 18, but who cares about that? I would much rather him be 5 for 18 than mm-hmm. 3 for 4. I mean, yeah, he needs to get up as many shots as possible while he's on the court. And, and Tony, what have you seen, like, specifically last night from Jalen Green, like, Dale said he had some mid-range shots. He was really aggressive. What did you see from him really in the last couple of games um, that you like as far as how his game is progressing? Um, I'll actually go uh, back a little bit further from from when he actually came back from uh, injury. Yeah. Uh, he just seemed a lot more aggressive. Um, uh, I call him the the silent assassin. That's, that's what I call him because he, he doesn't talk. Uh, he's he's not into all that, all that woofing that a lot of kids yeah. do. I mean, he just goes out there and he works. I mean, he every every game there's something different from him that he's either trying or that he's doing or that he's implementing in his game. And uh, I think that can't be lost because I mean, like Dale said, um, a lot of people look at makes and misses because we we are in this this stat watching culture you know, where we sit and we look at stats and we say, well, he went four for 20, so uh-huh. that wasn't a good game. And it's not really about makes and misses. It's about what is he actually doing with his game? Like, how is he trying to improve? And you see those little improvements, like like Dale mentioned, uh, the mid-ranges that he's mixing in. I mean, the drives, the driving angles. I mean, how he's breaking down guys off the dribble. Uh, how he's using his his uh, his triple threat. I yeah. mean, he he's just doing it all, and I don't think that can be lost. That this is a 19 year old kid. That I mean, that that has like a full uh, offensive repertoire that you really don't see out of out of 19 year old kids. Yeah, exactly. And I, I the thing, the main thing for him, I think, is he has to stay healthy because he just needs time on the court not necessarily time on the exactly. court when they get beat by 40 points like some people were just continuously bringing up because to me anyway if you're getting blown out by 30 40 points you're playing the team c league players so why would you constantly need him on the court especially after coming back from a, a major injury like he's had that's the type of injury that right. can easily come back up at any time during the year so i just think he's fine as long as he's getting up quality shots as long as they're not rush shots or you know crazy shots that he normally wouldn't take. I think he'll be perfectly fine going forward. Um, real quick before we wrap up this first segment, I wanted to get y'all opinion on, specifically last game, KPJ 
fourth quarter where he was struggling for most of the game. Mm-hmm. And he had that 12-point fourth quarter. And, and, of course, he had a bunch of big shots. Um, mm-hmm. Dale, what was, what's been your opinion just overall on KPJ, but really last game, do you think that's the type of game that kind of springboard uh, him forward to having – more consistent games because he's had really good games mm-hmm. and he's had really bad games. But do you think, you know, being able to go out in the fourth quarter like he did last game and really was him and Eric mm-hmm. Gordon the main reason they won that game, do you think that kind of helped him going forward to where we'll see a more consistent KPJ? Yeah. Yeah, I think overall with KPJ, my my mindset has been um, are are we putting him in the, the best position uh, yeah. for for him because I think he has all the tools and he has the mentality that he'll do whatever he needs to do for the team. But I I just often wonder, I'm like, well, if the best thing for Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be getting himself involved in the offense and then shaping his playmaking around that, then – then my maybe maybe you just kind of like run Jalen at point sometimes and see how that works between the two of them because I think that is something that they went to in that Spurs game for a little bit and that's what allowed Kevin Porter Jr. to go off in the fourth quarter so if you just kind of switch it up here and there if you want these two guys to be the backcourt of the future then you have to start seeing them both as the type of player that can help the other and not this guy is here for this other guy's development. I think yeah. that's going to be a big thing that'll that'll help KPJ in the future because a lot has been put on his shoulders. And when they take some of that off, that's when he has quarters like that. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much been my opinion on KPJ so far. Yeah, and Tony is, is you know kind of following up on that. Do you think ultimately they need to kind of move him around? Because I don't think that he needs to be a traditional point guard. I don't think he ever will be a traditional point guard. And that's why you have players like Jalen Green, who I think can develop into a better playmaker, and Alperin Shangoon, who's also kind of a, you know, a hybrid center point guard at times. Do you think they need to move him around and don't necessarily have to have him always, you know, bringing up the ball? He can be more playing off the ball. Um, actually, from what I see right now, I think that they're already doing that. I mean, because <clears throat> you'll see some sets where where he'll be running the uh, the two guard. Uh, there's some where he'll come in and he'll play the small forward. Uh, like you see the three guard lineups with uh with DJ and Jalen and KPJ, and then you'll see KPJ at the small forward, and you'll see DJ uh, running the offense. So I really think that um. The Silas and Stone are really trying to do uh, positionless basketball, from what I've seen in the backcourt, uh, specifically, because um, I don't see KPJ as that as that that point guard guy. I mean, that's yeah. not what he is. I mean, he's more of a he's more of a scoring point, kind of like uh, like Westbrook, um, more like James Harden. Um, he doesn't see the game like James Harden yet, yeah. but I think that the more that he gets put in these positions, the better he'll be. And I, uh, I'm i gonna talk to uh, Rockets fans specifically here. Um, <laughs> stop trying, stop trying to do career uh, defining narratives after 28 games. It's not going to happen overnight. Yes. I don't care what y'all think. Um, I don't care what y'all say. It's going to take at least two or three years of this before they finally figure out exactly what these guys are going to be. I mean, the the narratives that we're seeing on Twitter, other platforms about KPJ being a true point guard, why are you trying to define this guy after not even one full season of playing point? I mean, just chill out. (laughs) <laughs> Let it play out. I mean, that's that's just where we are right now. Like you're, nothing's defined. You know, so yeah. this book is not written. It's being written as we speak. So, just chill out and enjoy the show. I mean, I mean, uh, you're, being, I you're being that, generous though with that 28 games. They do that after every game. It's career defined. I mean, it's <laughs> it's legitimate, man. Like, 
the the career defining narrative that I see out here are are just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. let the guy learn and grow. I mean, like I'll give an example. We saw Westbrook come into this league uh, as a lottery pick, and this guy didn't know how to play point when he first came in. Yeah, I mean, he had he got given the keys to a team, and they figured it out. And it took like three, four years before it finally started to click. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying that KPJ is going to be Westbrook, but I'm saying you got to give it time. You know what I mean? It's, it's just not going to happen overnight. Yeah. And that's the theme of this podcast. Be patient, people. <laughs> I don't know if I can plaster that across the screen here on our first video podcast, but <laughs> you have to be patient. <laughs> this season is all about being patient because you're not going to get what you, I don't think anybody that's trying to make these players into finished products is going to get what they want this year. It's just simple as that. So you might as well just sit back and enjoy it, but I know it's not going to happen. So I guess I'll just move on to the second segment. So <laughs> that's going to wrap up for the first segment. Second segment, I'll be asking the fellas some um, what is more likely to happen scenarios um, in the second segment. So please stick around. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU. All Houston. All original. Back on the Launchpad podcast presented by Apollo Media. And in the second segment, I want to ask the fellas, um, What's more likely to happen scenarios? Um, and when we ask this, you know, of course, it's not anything just set in stone. It's just kind of something that we think may or may not happen. And of course, you shouldn't hold us to any of this because <laughs> at the end of the day, the way this season is, stuff is kind of going back and forth. So you really never know what's going to happen. Um, but first, I want to kick off with you, Tony. Um, and in this first scenario, I want to ask you, uh, what's more likely to happen? Um, Jalen Green winning the scoring title or that KPJ is still the starting point guard in three years? Okay, uh, before I start, for some reason, I feel that this that this prediction is going to be used against me in the future. <laughs> I, 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 I put the disclaimer out there so you can put that disclaimer in front of anything that you say that you cannot be held to this three years from now. And the good thing is, it's three years from now, even though I know people pretty much archive everything Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, But my answer, um, so I'm going to have to go with what's easier. So I'm going to go with that is more probable to KPJ is the point guard of the future. Uh, The only reason I say that is because making an an all-star game in the backcourt in the West – is like it's super difficult and i mean you got all these guys that are already there uh like the curries like the dames um like those kind of guys and then you got the guys coming up like the jaws uh you got uh anthony edwards i mean guys like that so it's gonna be really hard uh to get into an all-star game early yeah uh so i'm gonna go with kpj and uh, what about you, Dale? Okay, so I, I want to ask uh, for clarification. <laughs> um, KPJ starting point guard three years from now, like yeah. I, I get that. Um, but when you say if, if Jalen winning the scoring title, like in his whole career, is mm. so? I mean, we'll go whole career because I don't want to okay. hold it like in three, four years because right. we don't know how fast yeah, he's going to yeah. develop. So we'll just say his whole yeah. career. Okay, so with that being said, uh, since we talked about positionless basketball earlier, I'm going to say Jalen winning the scoring title is more likely yeah. because I think, um, and and we'll get into this later um, when we when we talk about trades, yeah. um, but I think that a good model for this team is to uh, invest in getting a floor general type guy to share the floor with Jalen and KPJ. So I don't know if I even want him to be uh, put 
at point yeah. um, in the next three years because I think he's just he's just so fun to watch, yeah. uh, and he's learning a lot more uh, when he doesn't have that pressure on him. So yeah, yeah, I think uh, ultimately it'll work out better for the Rockets if Jalen Green is winning scoring titles because yeah. you still have KPJ <laughs> on your roster. He'll still be in the lineup, but he just won't be running your point guard full time. He have a scoring champ. So, uh, yeah, I think ultimately that probably work out better for the Rockets. Um, the second scenario was more likely to happen. Alperin Shangun makes an All Star game. Keep in mind now they don't have forwards and centers. It's just, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. it's just front court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, front and, court, um, back court. Is that more likely to happen? Exactly. Is that more likely to happen, or Christian Wood? playing out his entire contract with the Rockets and I'll start with you, Tony. Uh, so again, <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, I don't even want to tell you the truth. I don't even want to broach any subject with Sikun because yeah, oh. hey, hey, I mean, you, y'all you know are already on record anyway, so you might as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they already got you. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, people already think that I hate Shagoon, and I love the guy. Yeah. Um, but, again, I'm going to go on probability here. Yeah. So I think it's more probable that uh, that Wood plays out his whole contract that Shagoon hits an all-star game. Yeah. And I'm going to say that because, I mean, we know the bigs that are in the West. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the – I mean, we got the – the LeBrons, the Davises, the Carl Anthony Towns, um, Jokic, just yeah. there's just so many guys to try to get yeah. in front of that I think it's going to be hard for him. Uh, now, once those guys start leaving, yeah. then of course the the probability goes up. But uh, at the looking at the landscape right now, uh, it's more probable that that Wood plays out his contract mm-hmm. and Shagoon hits an All Star game. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sorry, Rockets fans. Please don't, please don't be mad at me. <laughs> uh, you, you see Tony's uh, Twitter handles down low, just in case you want to reach out to him about that. Shane uh, <laughs> fans. Uh, <laughs> so, so Dale, well, what's your opinion? Mm-hmm. And also, LeBron may pay till he's 50, so hey, he, yeah. the landscape yeah, may not true. change anytime soon. So, well, what's your opinion on that? Um, man, so. I have said, I have openly said on Twitter already, um, this is like a, a month or two ago, yeah. I said that Shingun is going to make an all-star game in his career. So my answer is that it's more likely that Christian Wood plays out his contract with the Rockets. Yeah. <laughs> because I feel his value... I and again, th- I feel like this is more likely to happen. I still think Shingun right. is going to make an All Star game. I, I fully believe that still, um, but it is more likely that Christian Wood plays out his contract with the Rockets because if he doesn't get traded at this trade deadline, you might as well keep him and let his contract play out. Yeah, like he'll be an expiring contract next year. There's there's really like no need to. Um, to trade him anywhere else because you need expiring deals. So yeah, if he's not gone at this deadline, then, and I, I see the possibility of him not leaving this deadline because he's massively reduced his value. So I just, I, I don't know. I feel like the fear in the back of my head is that Christian Wood is going to stay on the team through the rest of his contract. And he's just going to walk in free agency um, I don't want that to happen, but it's yeah. looking more and more likely by the day. Yeah, and that kind of going to lead us into our final segment as far as talking about trades. But that's a good point about if he's not traded at this deadline because he's going to lose his value as far as an on expiring contract. Teams are not going to want to pick up somebody on expiring contract that's going to probably going to mm-hmm. want. They're definitely going to want more than they're making now. Max money or not, that's a whole different story. But yeah. As, as far as what he's making now, $13, $14 million a year, he's definitely going to be looking to make more than that in his next contract. So if you don't trade him by this deadline, you might yeah, you might as well keep him because you can always do signing trades as well if you're going into mm-hmm. his expiring contract and all that. So one more question, 
and it's kind of one I'm just thinking off of the top of my head, um, like what's more likely to happen. Um, James Harden win a championship this year or Russell Westbrook making an all-star game ever again. <laughs> so I will start with you, Dale, on that one. <laughs> and real Westbrook isn't exactly probably going to get in on the fan vote anytime soon. So wow, wow, wow! First of all, uh, Westbrook stands. <laughs> I, I, this is I did not create the scenario. Um, so I think James Harden won in the <laughs> you, championship. You can look at me on that one. I, I threw that one out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Harden winning a championship this year is more likely. Um I just I just feel like even if Russ played at an all-star level, the narrative surrounding him is so far gone that yeah. I don't think anybody is even touching like putting him in the all-star game. So I don't know, he could go somewhere else and have a bounce back year like he did last season and play at a high level and i feel like people would would still be like okay we're tired of this like we're <laughs> we're not rewarding this anymore yeah. uh which which is unfortunate but you know if um if Kyrie gets that vaccine or if they decide they want to just tank into a lower seed and play four away games then yeah. the nets have a real shot like i don't know it's possible uh, what about you tony uh first uh, let me thank you, LB, for, for giving that to Dale first because uh, that was a major <laughs> curve. <of> the time. <laughs> no problem. I like to switch it up. Uh, uh, before I answer, um, so I think the how Westbrook is being used in the media is uh, it, it's deplorable. I mean, because yeah. they used him for one year. Um, mm-hmm. To against James Harden and Kevin Durant, and -hmm. then they have been on an absolute slander streak on this guy. Ultimate scapegoat, man. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, it's to me, it's really showed the the true colors of sports media, because when when they love you, they love you, and then once they turn on you, it's like you can do no right. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Um, But. let me go into my answer. So, <laughs> like Dale said, uh, if if Kyrie is a full time player, uh, the probability of the Nets winning a championship goes way way up, and uh, the media narrative surrounding Westbrook is going to really stop him from ever getting into an All Star game. Because uh, right now they're just like the man sneezes wrong. And they're just going in for a week on him. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and he's basically saying, like, look, I really don't care. And uh, as much as uh, a guy like me understands that, most people won't. And the media is going to harp on that. So this man might not even get the, the Tim Duncan – uh lifetime achievement all-star game nine because yeah. i mean like really he's he's uh he's turned into barry bonds for for better or for worse i mean because like the media doesn't like him he doesn't like the media yeah. uh he doesn't care what what fans talking down say about him so basically he's on the the kick that i'm gonna go do what i do and i don't care about the rest of y'all Mm-hmm. And that's not going to endear itself to anybody. Yeah. So, to answer the question, it's probably more likely that that Brooklyn wins the championship this year than Westbrook ever getting back into an All Star game. You know, um, I wanted to say that that's an interesting point about Westbrook. Just kind of, you know, you know, like I'm, I'm gonna just do whatever. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna play my game um, because, like you said, Tony, like that was his whole MVP campaign. Like the media, they gave him commercials with like, now I can do what I want, like all this other stuff. And now when he says the exact same things (laughs) that he said five years ago, everybody's like, ah, we're tired of you. We don't like this attitude. Yeah. Because whether we like it or not, the media like, but 
like he said, they want to get in their own church. And all of America was going to be, it was going to be regardless. If the Patriots don't win, they're going to blame Westbrook first, Anthony Davis second, and then probably the coach, the ball boy, everybody but LeBron at some point. <laughs> and LeBron is playing great, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. they're not going to blame LeBron. I mean, it's, it's some pockets out there, the Skip Baylesses of the world. But for the most part, they're going to start with where he's going to be the scapegoat no matter how well he played. And yeah, at times he hasn't played well. I mean, let's be honest. He hasn't been the worst player in the league like they might have to be. And I like Westbrook. Oh, I, I like his game. Does he have uh, flaws, major flaws at times? Yes. But I think the way it ended in Houston was, wasn't was categorized correctly. I think he was coming off an injury. I think that Tony didn't play him correctly in the playoffs. And I just think it was just a bad matchup with the Lakers. I, I think the way it ended in Houston kind of tainted a lot of people, especially in Houston, as far as how work is overall. Um, but I just think that at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what he do. If the Lakers don't win a championship, he's going to be the one they're going to blame. So, yeah, I definitely agree with both of y'all that more than likely Brooklyn is going to – it's more likely Brooklyn will win a championship and Westbrook probably never make another all-star game. Even though I think Milwaukee is a better team, but that's a whole different story for another podcast. Cast and uh, we'll wrap it up for the second segment. This last segment, where we're going to talk a little bit more about possible trades that are coming up because the Rockets are going to make a trade. It's just a matter of who are they going to get back and who's actually going to go out. So I'll get the fellas' opinion on that. So please stick around. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original. And welcome back to Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media. We are in our final segment. And in this final segment, we're going to be discussing some possible trades that um, – we think might help the Rockets or that they might actually make uh, with the trade deadline coming up fast and the Rockets having several veterans on their team that they might look to move out to give some of the young guys some playing time. So um, I wanted to actually kick it off with Dale because he has a specific trade that he says he wants to <laughs> let everybody know about that the Rockets could possibly make. So I'll go ahead and kick it off with you, Dale. So w- what um, some of the trades you think the Rockets could possibly make or What's a trade that you would mm-hmm. like to see them make before the trade? Okay. Deadline? All right. So I want, I want everybody to, to pay attention here. Uh, this is going to be my <laughs> sales pitch for an Eric Gordon <laughs> and Daniel Tice to the Toronto Raptors right. for Goran Dragic and Chris Boucher trade. Um, okay. Yeah. I'll that's the trade. That. Yeah. Yeah. So it does a couple of things, right? It, it, gets Eric Gordon and Daniel Tice to a team that needs a little bit of a push. Goran Dragic has yeah. not been playing for them. And Chris Chris Boucher is an expiring deal, and they're looking yeah. to move him, I've heard, from a couple of places. So the Rockets in this deal, you get back um, a veteran point guard. You can buy him out if you want to. His contract yeah. is not to John Wall level. But if you wanted to keep him and if you could convince him to share the floor with your guys, he helps them out, gives them a floor general. Chris Boucher, defensive-minded big. That's something that we've been looking for. And he's an expiring deal. So if he plays the level that you would like him to play at and you want to bring him back, then you can. He's, I think, around the same age as Daniel Tice. So it's it's just uh, a nice veteran that does all of the things that you wanted Daniel Tice to do but he just hasn't shown the capability to do on this team Chris Boucher he's having a down year shooting wise but he can shoot the ball so you can pair him with a guy like Shingun if you wanted to in those lineups if you decide to get off of Christian Wood you could also pair him with Christian Wood because he's willing to get physical with other teams. So that gives Christian Wood more opportunity to, you know, play out of the center position if he wants to. Um, and it gives somebody that can make up for Christian Wood's lack of defensive effort at the four position. So, yes, I am I am saying Eric Gordon, Daniel Tice for Goran Dragic and, and Chris Boucher. Um, you can talk about picks or whatever 
Like, if you want to, I don't care. I just want those two players for those two players. I think it helps both teams out. Um, You know, sorry if any Raptors fan sees this and uh, vehemently disagrees with me. We can talk about it. But I I do think that that Eric Gordon does a lot for Toronto's offense, and he is somebody that is very capable defensively. And Daniel Tice has uh, shown his utility as a good backup for playoff teams. So I think it does uh, a lot for them and they're giving up two players that they plan to give up anyway. Yeah, I think people kind of been undervaluing Eric Gordon. And I don't I mean, mm-hmm. Chris Boucher, it's not like he's playing 30-plus minutes a game for the Raptors right now. So I, I think that that would be a great mm-hmm. trade for them because, I mean, they have Fred Van Vliet. Um, they don't really have a lot of other perimeter players. I mean, ever since Kyle Lowry left, it's yeah. pretty much been Fred Van Vliet. He's pretty much doing most of their scoring from their perimeter, so they could definitely use somebody like yeah. him. I mean, they still have OG Ananobi, but he's still more of a slasher, you know, can hit the open three, but he's not really somebody that's going to take somebody off the dribble. So they can definitely use some more playmakers. So I don't see how that could be a horrible trade, and even better if the Rockets can get a pick out of it. Um, Even better, because I think if you're bringing in a Goran Dragic, more than likely you're probably sending out DJ Augustine, because I definitely think that some teams could definitely use the DJ Augustine as far as his playmaking and his shooting. I mean, he's shooting pretty pretty good from beyond the three point line this year. So yeah, I don't think that's absolutely. a horrible trade. I've I've definitely heard a lot worse trades than that. Uh, so but what about you, Tony? What's some of the type of players that you look for the Rocks to bring back or even if you have a specific trade in mind? Uh so I did not have a specific trade in mind. All right. Um until Dale just said that. And now I have a specific trade in okay. mind. <laughs> and that would be the one that Dale just said because that that would be an amazing trade. Yeah. Like that would be, I mean, I agree on all his points. Um, <clears throat> so my answer was, uh, as a generic thing, I put the needs in order, um, and my order was uh, defensive minded big, uh, small forward, then uh, a point guard, and. Yeah. Basically, that trade just covered two of those because you got you, you get your defensive minded big and Boucher, and you get your point guard and Goron. Uh, yeah. and you can also solve the small forward yeah. spot because you can move Goron into the, into the point guard spot, move KPJ to the small forward spot, and then you got Boucher and Wood Uh-oh. or Boucher and Shingoon. <laughs> rounding out the front court so i mean i was he he said he had a specific trade and i was like oh boy and then when he (laughs) said it i was like well damn oh boy (laughs) it works out so yeah i I like that trade a lot i really do um if not if that if a trade like that doesn't come through then i think that the Rockets really need a defensive big because, yeah. I mean, Wood is not really um, – he's just really not that guy. I mean, he's he mm-hmm. he works uh, hard most of the time on defense, but, I mean, his angles aren't right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, his – his um, what word am I looking for? Anticipation yeah. uh, mm-hmm. isn't there sometimes. So maybe he just – he kind of, like, needs that guy like a – like a Capella type guy that that yeah. really doesn't need the ball to score. Um, he's really not worried about scoring 15, 16, 17 points a game. Like yeah. he can get you that 10 and 10 rebounds and uh, that'll contest some shots because a lot of the time um, Wood gets hung out to dry a lot um, where mm-hmm. he's getting, where he's trying to defend straight line drives and he's not really good at that. Um, so yeah. we need uh I'd like to get a defensive anchor. So a guy that you can just put in the paint and you just ask, hey, if the perimeter defense break down, you get up there and you could test a shot. I mean, if, if the guy hits it, the guy hits it. But um, that's better at, you know, getting those angles and uh, that's going to sit in front of the rim and contest shots because that's really not Christian Wood's game. 
and, and that's okay because that's just not the player he is. And and I think one of those guys could share the floor with uh, Christian Wood, like Dale yeah. said. Um, I mean, Tice, I think Tice was supposed to be that guy, but like Tice just clogs up the offense because, I mean, he's not really good at rolling to the rim. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's not really good at spacing the floor. I thought he would be better before oh. the season, mm-hmm. but he hasn't been at all. He's pretty bad. You know, yeah. <laughs> spacing yeah. the floor. <laughs> like, he just hasn't been good at spacing the floor at all. I mean, because, I mean, uh, you look at his stats, and uh, in his career, he's around 30, 32, 33%. And this year, he just bottomed out. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. the guy just, sometimes he just can't hit water if he fell out of a boat. But I mean, uh, I I do like Tice though as a, a basketball player. Don't I mean don't don't uh, yeah um, don't I let mean, me sound a, like I don't like him as a player because I do. On a contender, but I, I think he can really help guy. him. Yeah, yeah. On a contender, yeah. I think he can really help a team playing spot minutes. I don't think he's yeah going to yeah. help a team playing thirty minutes a game. But I just right. don't think the Rockets right. are a good fit because. I mean, they're not contending, number one. And number two, mm-hmm. they need players to spread the floor. And Tice just really doesn't do that. And the Rockets don't have yep. enough of those players to begin with. So then you're adding Tice yeah. into that mix with Tate. That's not really a good recipe for right. a starting lineup. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I mean, some of the players mm-hmm. I was thinking about was I would love if they can get like a Jalen Smith from Phoenix because um, yeah. he's not getting playing time with Phoenix right now because they're really playing JaVale McGee and, of course, Aiden in front of him. Mm-hmm. So he's not really getting playing time. I mean, if if they would take an Eric Gordon-type trade, now Phoenix would have to send more over like a like a Sarich who is making $8 million. It's, it's kind of does run for two years, but I don't think that hampers you so much, especially if you can get rid of Daniel Tice. And then right. they could probably throw in like an Alfred Payton just to make the contracts work. But I would love a player mm-hmm. like Jalen Smith because I think he, I think he has a lot of potential um, going forward. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. a it's a low risk type move. So a player like that, ultimately, I would love Miles Turner. I don't think Indiana would ever <laughs> do it just because I don't oh, think they man. want Eric Gordon because they're trying to rebuild too. And Eric Gordon, mm-hmm. of course, is in his already in his thirties. I don't think they would want an Eric Gordon type player they would want mm-hmm. a younger type player like a shankoon or somebody you're not doing that right right i would yeah. love a miles turner he would yeah. be a perfect fit for the rockets i mean he can shoot he's the the top shot blocker in the league he'll move christian with a power four where he should be anyway i don't think right. christian mm-hmm. Woods should be a full-time center i just i don't i don't like it because like you were saying tony he doesn't really defend the rim enough and you can beat him mm-hmm. off pick and roll and bigger centers just all, they just push them all around the paint yeah, every single yeah. time they play. Yeah. So and that's I mean, not like his a fault. Miles Turner yeah. would be perfect. It's not his fault. Yeah, he's not a center. He's not a full time yeah. center. He's a and he does you can put him in like some he does weigh a lot. He's got a small mm-hmm. frame. And, yeah, and that's not changing. And, so <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so, you yeah. don't even really yeah. want him to gain a bunch of weight. I no. mean, because what he does well on offense is because of his frame. So yeah. you, mm-hmm. you kind of want to keep him where he is. But you just want to move him to a better position because he's yeah. better at the four than he is at the five. Yeah. Which I which is why I believe that the that the Singoon uh wood minutes together while they work is because it puts him back in his natural position. Yeah. And Shagoon has has been good enough yeah. to um to rim protect. I mean, the only thing about Shagoon is he's not super athletic and uh he tends to pick up like crazy fouls. Like yeah. I don't know if it's his whistle sometimes, or if it's some of the things that he does try to do too much, but it might be just a little bit of both. But uh, yeah, I think, yeah so. I think that we that we need somebody to to take that pressure off of Wood so he could just go on offense and just do what he does, which is put the ball in the hoop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that's ultimately people need to keep in mind when you're talking about Christian Wood is he's playing out of position right now as well so i know people want to talk about his contract and i want to pay him the max which i don't understand because it's not a zero-sum game you don't have to either pay him his current contract or the max you know it is stuff in between you can pay him but again i I think ultimately it'll it would help him like you say if they can get a center that will move him back to the power four position and 
yep. know, maybe it's ultimately Shangun if Shangun can, you know, work more on his positioning. Because a lot, a lot of time he's out of position. That's why he gets so yeah. far. Mm-hmm. Also, some of the files are just horrible anyway. I think it's just a matter of a big man coming into the league. It was the same thing with Yao. Yao used to get the some of the worst foul calls you would ever see. Yeah. Just because they didn't know how to call him on the court. They yeah, they didn't know how to officiate him. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. see that a lot with Shingoon. Yeah. Because a lot, a lot of times with Shigun, yeah. a lot of times with Shigun, like, I don't, I don't think he's really fouling. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what the officials are seeing, but sometimes he's not even touching guys and they're whistling fouls on him. And, yeah. I, and I just look at the screen, I'm like, what are y'all looking at? <laughs> yeah. I, I just think that's something that I think that part get better. Um, like I said, once they start to learn his tendencies, mm-hmm. but also I think it'll get better for him once he um, works on his footwork a little bit more on the defensive side. Cause he's not, again, like you say, he's not super athletic, so he's not going to go block a bunch of shots. It's more about right. him. So uh, one more thing before we wrap up the show, I want to ask you about, and just kind of continue with the whole trade thing we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Who's some of the players that y'all think are going to be traded? I mean, we know Eric Gordon is pretty much gone. I mean, yeah. I mean, you have other veterans on the team. Like, um, I don't know if David Nawaba would be eligible before the trade deadline because, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, he wasn't eligible up until a certain point. But you still yeah. have DJ Augustine on the team. Of course, we talked a lot about Christian Wood. I don't know if I really see them trading anybody else. Uh, but Tony, or actually, I'll start with you, Dale. Do you see them possibly trading anybody else outside of Eric Gordon? Um, yes, I, I do. I personally think that, um, this Christian Wood stuff is going to come to a head at this point. Um, I, I just feel like there's, there's no synergy between the team and Christian Wood now. Like, like they've just gotten on completely different wavelengths and it, it feels like, Christian Wood's performance each night is now up to Christian Wood. Like yeah. now the team is kind of waiting to see like, okay, are you engaged? Like, are, are we going to, you know, yeah. have to drag something out of you? Which is and good. yeah, that's, that's just not great. And I feel like that's going to lead to him uh, having some other destination. I don't know where exactly. I don't know where he would get traded right now, but I feel like the team is, at a point where they have evaluated who should be here and who shouldn't. And it's just a means of waiting for the opportunities to get those folks to new places. I think Daniel Tice is going to be moved either Daniel Tice or Christian Wood or both, but I don't see a scenario where both of those guys are still on the team. Um, And David Nwaba is trade eligible. Now the only person that isn't trade eligible on the Rockets is Garrison Matthews. I'm pretty sure. Matthews. Okay. And, and what about you, Tony? What well, what's some of the players you think probably gonna get moved besides Gordon? Um <clears throat> uh I believe that Gordon, of course, um Nawab, I believe, is up there, Tice is up there. Um I believe pretty much everybody um besides Green, uh Shingoon, Christopher uh Matthews and KPJ are probably the only people that the Rockets wouldn't listen to uh that the Rockets would listen to uh offers for. So besides those four or five guys, I think they'd be willing to listen to um offers for every single other player. Um the 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 thing with Christian Wood is it's hard to read like where him and the team are uh, at this point. Because, I mean, if you would have asked me before um, the whole incident with him and KPJ happened, um, I probably would have told you that Stone would probably keep him and try to resign him. Mm-hmm. After that, I really don't – like, it, it's hard to read where they are at this point. Like, I don't know if if Stone is, is still uh, – dead set on keeping him for the future um nor if wood is trying to stay in houston for the future i mean because before that incident 
I mean, he basically said like Houston is where he wanted to be. But I mean, after that, I mean, I think it kind of changed things. So I can't tell, you know, which way or the other. It's hard to get a read on it. So I think I'm going to put like 55% that Christian Wood gets traded or doesn't get traded. It's kind of a toss up right now. Um, I do think that his body language in the past uh, two or three games is an improvement. So I think that he's trying. I mean, you see him talking to his teammates more. Uh, You see him hyping up his teammates more. So it kind of looks like he's trying to mend the fences. But um, it's going to be hard to say. I mean, really, uh, what we see on February 11th is really going to tell the tale. Because like Dell said, if Christian Wood's here after the trade deadline, um, I would say that he's probably going to get re-signed or traded at next deadline for, you know, a little bit of scraps or maybe a sign and trade. But, um, yeah, I think that that February 10th is really going to tell the tale on Christian Wood and where the team goes forward with him or not. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Like I've been saying the whole time, even when I was, you know, constantly going back and forth with people about Christian Wood and trading them, I mean, if you find the right deal, I have no problem trading Christian Wood. I just don't want to just trade him just to be trading him just because people don't right. like him. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, at this point, I definitely agree with you, Tony, that they kind of seem like they're on different pages as far as the kind of where they're trying to go. I mean, the Rockets are trying to develop players. Christian Wood is kind of almost past that point to where he's more about, you know, trying to get – his next contract, which I have no problem with. I mean, heck, that's what they're playing for. I mean, exactly. whether you want to admit it or not, they're playing for money. I mean, just like mm-hmm. we work for money. <laughs> you know, people just don't go out there just to be doing it. I mean, I'm right. sure some of them play for the love of the game for free, but I seriously doubt that's probably less than 1%. <laughs> so, but I mean, at the end of the day, they may just be on different pages, like you said, and which is fine. If you can find the right deal for them, I don't have a problem trading Christian Wood, and I don't think Christian Wood necessarily would have some hard feelings against the Rockets if they do trade them. Because, like you said, right. I think they probably had these discussions behind the scenes because mm-hmm. they've probably already started talking a little bit about the next contract, and maybe they're not on the same page with that. Maybe they just decide to move on. So I don't have a problem necessarily with them trading Christian with the right deal. And like you said, Daniel Tice, I can definitely see a team needing Daniel Tice a lot more than the Rockets need Daniel Tice. That's why I'm not going to lie. I was still surprised when they signed him to that four-year deal. And if I'm not mistaken, it's he four years. I don't think it's any partial guarantee or anything like that. So, which makes it kind of like was even more surprising. But I mean, I could still help another team, and I think that also helps with the Eric Gordon trade because last year it's fully guaranteed, it's partially guaranteed. So I right. think that would help the Rockets move as well. So the Rockets would definitely be um, pretty busy this upcoming trade deadline. I would be absolutely shocked if they don't trade more than just Eric Gordon. Yeah. I think they'll be making some other deals as well because I think they want Josh Christopher to be more of the backup point guard. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's why they probably move on from DJ Augustine. And DJ Augustine has been great. He would have been a great player on the Rockets, James Harden Rockets. That's the type of player they right. could have used coming off the bench. But for these Rockets, mm-hmm. I, I think it's more you know developing players like Josh Christopher. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap it up, I want to give the other guys another chance to let everybody know where they can find their content. So I'll start with you, Dale. Uh, yes, everybody, you can find me at TweeterDell on Twitter, and uh, I'm on Twitch at Rocket Powered Squid. So that's that's pretty much all I got going on. <laughs> all right, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about you, Tony? I see that you have the correct Twitter handle there down below. So that's good. <laughs> hey, hey, that was a process, man. You know? <laughs> hey, man, it took me four hours to get this started, so I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh like i said y'all can y'all can hit me up at cold train underscore tnt uh if you holler at me uh i'll talk back to you uh oh, yeah. if you troll me i'm a troll back to you uh <laughs> i believe in keeping the same energy so however y'all bring it is however i will bring it uh but uh i'm definitely gonna have fun online so uh if i do troll you don't take it seriously because it's all just jokes it's all love at the end of the day. We all rock his Twitter here. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, right. her- don't, don't get don't get too crazy, you know, except for some of y'all. I won't mention any names like <laughs> Red Ninety Four. But anyway, um, that's gonna do it for today's episode. So wow, if you ever does so, uh, make sure you follow the official Apollo <laughs> media account at Apollo H O U. And as usual, please leave us some stars or reviews. Um, as always, we appreciate y'all joining us, and especially for this first video podcast that will be up on YouTube, maybe, unless they um, completely cut it out with that last statement, but hopefully not. Um, so make sure you check us out on YouTube as well. And as always, we thank you for joining us, and we are definitely your home for all your Houston Rockets news.